This is the Andrew Lake Podcast. If you are a regular listener of the Andrew Lake Podcast, please share your favourite episode, as this will help me find my audience. What you are about to hear is an excerpt from a series titled Tell Me Who Is Speaking. Listen to the introduction episode for a full explanation and important context. Tell me who is speaking. Well, it appears to be someone who is quite proud of themselves, someone who feels a bit silly to be admitting certain things, a person who is speaking is sincere with the ideas that they entertain. And there's a lot of seriousness in that person. There's a lot of longing. There's a lot of urgency. There's a desire to do good. There's a desire to make something. There is the wish that things would become peaceful. There is a wish for a calm state of being. There is a wish for relaxation. There is a wish for simplicity. There are attempts to make ways around things that are irrelevant. There is an attempt to let go of the things that are insignificant. There is a force behind this voice, which is sometimes strong and sometimes weak. There is a force behind this voice which allows it to manifest all sorts of colourful things in different ways, at different times. There is something happening to this voice which is separate to the person that appears to be projecting it. There is something occurring with these words, with these phrases, with these sentences that doesn't know its own functioning. There's something that isn't exactly wrong and yet isn't always entirely right with how it doesn't know what it's doing. Tell me who is speaking. 
Telling is one thing, showing is another. And when you say something, you're really showing something. And it's possible to see what someone is saying. It's possible to hear how someone looks. And we're working with what we've got. Even though there is an immense desire to break out of the limits of what we've got. There is some doubt as to whether we can go as far as necessary within the confines of where we are. Which just brings us back to the desire to break out, to break through. Break down barriers. And what does that exactly mean, to break down barriers? What does it mean? What does that mean? How can you break down personal barriers? How can you break down the things that are within you, that are holding you back? What is a barrier? What is something that holds you back? How does it feel to approach a barrier? When I approach a barrier, I feel a sense of excitement. I feel a sense of adventure. When I approach a barrier, I feel like something new is just around the corner. I feel hopeful. I feel a kind of thrill. And I very much do want to break barriers. I very much do want to break things down, as I have done before and I will do again. And there's still a part in me that realizes there's different people saying different things with the same voice. And this is not exactly the same as noticing it in the mind. Thinking and hearing and even visualizing within the mind's eye someone else saying something is different to having someone else's voice come forward in you. Because there's always something crude and physical about the real voice. I'm talking about the, the, the generally accepted definition of the, of the word voice. I'm not talking about all the other stuff we normally talk about. I mean the voice as in the voice box and the mouth. There's something that there's something that can't be really compared between that and what it means to realize something in your mind, what it means to realize something in behind the thought pattern. And I mean the realization of noticing that someone is talking. It's someone else's voice in your head. The voice in your head came from someone else. And that's just one of our differences. That's one of the parameters of this situation. And I wonder, what does it mean to realize that you are that person? So you 
sit and you think and you listen to the voice in your head and then you realize, oh, okay, so I got this from someone else because this is someone else talking. It sounds like what so-and-so was saying. And that's one side of this. But then the other side of it is that you are actually that person in someone else's head. You are actually having part of that in other places and how much you'll never know. And what does it mean to realize that you can actually enter someone's being in that way? Because it's not just thoughts, but it's also behaviors and feelings and ideas and all sorts of things that infiltrate other people in that way. Do you realize that you can infiltrate someone's being in the same way they infiltrate yours? And what kind of impression would you like to leave on someone when that happens? What sort of things would you like them to be playing out that they've seen you do? What sort of things do you think they would be glad to have seen you do or to have heard you say? and to have had them play again within their being at another time, or to have those things influence the way they think and the way they talk and the way they act. Can you imagine what that's like? Can you imagine anything that you've done? Can you imagine things that you could do? And to what end? Because what we're talking about is you having the ability to program people what to think in a manner of speaking. Maybe program isn't the right word. Maybe it's more a matter of influence. What does it mean for you to have an influence on other people and to give a part of you to them? Well, you must realize that sooner or later, somehow, it's going to come back to you. What goes around comes around, as the old saying goes. So what does it mean to have an influence on others? Doesn't that somehow make it something that isn't quite the same as leaving it to chance, which is what we normally do anyway. And maybe that's wise. Maybe it is okay to just leave things to chance. But if you believe in power, if you believe in possibility, if there's any way that we can actually make something happen, then we can't leave it to chance. I don't think we should leave it to chance. I certainly don't want to leave it to chance. And of course I want the best for everyone. Who wouldn't? It's so easy to say that. It's so easy. It's such a cliche. We all want the best for everyone. But is that true? Does everyone really want that? Is that the assumption that we're going to work with? 
And maybe it would help for everyone to know that. Maybe things would be drastically different if we all had that as a starting point, that everyone wants the best for everyone. Maybe it takes a roundabout way of reaching that conclusion, like we've come so far to here now. Because, of course, the flip side of everyone wants the best for everyone is that, well, actually everyone just wants the best for themselves. Everyone's just out for themselves. Have you ever, have you ever been in touch with that sort of idea, that sort of feeling, oh, everyone's just out for themselves? There's something quite distasteful about it. There's something quite unsettling about it. Everyone just wants for themselves. Everyone's just trying to get their own. This is a dog-eat-dog world. There's something quite unsettling about it. There's something... It's not very nice. It's not a very nice thought. And whether it's true or not, well, it doesn't matter at this point. That's not what we're talking about. We're just exploring them. We're just exploring these pockets. And another side of me has come up and sort of said, well, of course everyone's out for themselves because everyone's struggling. That's the best anyone can do. If they could only sort things out for themselves, they would care so much more for others. And that's an assumption. There's this assumption there which is, oh, I need to take care of myself first and then I'll take care of others. And that doesn't seem quite right. There's something that is deceptive in that picture of the order of things. As in, one thing happens and then another thing happens after it. And I don't know the way around that. I don't know how to make that any more clear at this stage. I don't know if there is an easy solution to that. I mean, you can always just say, look, care for others more than you care for yourself. Well, that's okay. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Something like this. How how useful is that? That's not very helpful. There must be some way to see the connection and the steps in between. And to see them with such clarity and with such conviction that it actually weaves into the very fabric of your being. So that it's not just an idea, it's not just a thought, it's just not it's not just something someone has said to you that now you've got bouncing around in your mind. It's not something that is just playing on repeat as a voice in your head. No, but it's something that's actually weaved in. It's something that's arrived at. It's something that's process-driven. Something that is somehow related to personal contemplation or inquiry or meditation or experience. And that's why it's so important to participate actively here, now, 